are here with Tyler Matzik. I think that's how you say your name. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Um, you guys don't know who Tyler Matzik is, a uh, professional baseball pitcher for currently for the Atlanta Braves right now. Um, um, he just got like picked up off of um, once the season started or before the season started. Um, yeah, basically the Braves signed. I think the Braves signed Matzik, and um, it turned out to be um, a great uh, signing for them. Yeah, they signed me. They signed me uh, last year, and I want to say it was June or July. Uh, so I went to Double A with them, then Triple A, finished the year in Triple A, and then uh, went to minor league camp this this past season. Uh, backed up some big league games, and then the next thing you know, COVID hit. And then I was invited out to the summer camp and made the team from the summer camp. Yeah. And I, yeah, and yeah, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was a great signing. Uh, um, I really enjoyed seeing you on the mound this year, um, especially in the postseason. Um, um, just um, yeah, you did you did really well on on the mound this year. Thank you. I'm gonna ask you something. Um, well, the pandemic hit, and. How hard was it to transfer, like not having baseball, in for a long amount of time? How how did you stay to keep in shape and be in baseball form? Yeah, that was a, a little difficult. Um, you know, everything gets shut down. Gyms get shut down. High schools get shut down. Uh, any public facility, and you know, we rely heavily on that to to stay in shape when we're not with the club. You know, at the private private facilities. Yeah, luckily, I had uh, my buddy, my Rockies buddy, Arenado, Nolan Arenado. Um, he allowed me to come in and work at his facility. And so I was able to get off a mound there, work out a little bit there. Uh, I had a, a, a trainer of mine bring some weights by. I worked out in my garage a little bit. My neighbors weren't too happy about that because it was during the middle of summer here in California. So it was 100 degrees. So I was working out at like 8 o'clock at night once the uh, sun went down. So they weren't too happy. They're all trying to get ready to go to bed and I'm just getting fired up and, and lifting weights out in the, out in my garage. But, you know, you just make do with what you have to. And, um, you know, it's just, you, you got to be ready. And, and so I was just, uh, doing my best to be ready when the, when the time came. One question from our Instagram story from Brewers today, how did it feel to play in play baseball in empty stadiums? Uh, it was a little weird at first. Um, you know, they were kind of experimenting in, in the beginning with having crowd noise, not having crowd noise. And I think they made the right choice in allowing for crowd noise because it, it made a big difference. Once you got into the game as a pitcher, you, you know, we're so focused on what we're doing with the, the catcher and the batter that you kind of zone out the, the fans anyway. So it wasn't any different once you were in the game. If you're sitting there watching the game, it was a completely different atmosphere. It was almost dead. But when you're in the game, it was, uh, you know, it, it felt very similar to normal baseball. It, it, it sounded like normal, you know, normal baseball. And a lot of those guys running the PA system or, you know, whoever's running the sound were doing a good job to uh, incorporate, you know, the crowd getting louder at certain points or being more quiet at certain points. So it, it felt normal. Mm-hmm. Also from Brewers today, who did you look up to as a kid? Growing up, as a, I mean, I was a baseball player. I wasn't always just a pitcher. but I, So I love, you know, but the big pitchers I watched were Roger Clemens, 
Uh, Randy Johnson were two of my favorite. Obviously, you know, Ken Jr. growing up was awesome. Derek Jeter, uh, did book reports on Derek Jeter. You know, so it was probably those four guys. I think they just, um, you know, they're all unbelievable players. Um, Braves being a worldwide being a Braves fan, do you want to ask them some questions yeah. or? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, Tyler, how did it feel to, like to be a part of the Atlanta Braves organization in 2020? Like, um, did you, did you like, like it? Um, like how'd it go? It was amazing, man. Honestly, I've been with a handful of organizations now. Uh, they're honest with you. They're upfront. They treat you like a, like a human being, not just a piece of meat. And, um, you know, you can't ask for much more as a, as a player, you know, you just want to be told the truth and, um, you know, that's what they do. And I've loved every minute that I've been with this organization and I, I can't wait to stay with them for, you know, as long as they're willing to have me. Um, but the people there from the top down are just great people. And it, it shows, it really does it, but with just how nice everybody is from security guard all the way up to the owners. It's been, it's been really quite amazing. Um, I actually have a question for you. Um, being in that bullpen, how, what was that one guy you could go to for tips when you maybe needed that help? Uh, you know, we had so many good veteran guys down there that it wasn't just one guy. You know, when you got Mark Melanson, you got Will Smith, you got Shane Green, you got Chris Martin. I mean, those are four closers in the big leagues, and we got all four of them on the staff. Um, so going to those guys, and that's not even including oh, Darren O'Day, um, you know, another 10-plus guy, year guy, you know, and it was – those five guys you could go to and ask, like, hey, what do you do here? Why do you think like that? What's your feeling here? Um, you know, being a lefty, I, I kind of talked to Will Smith a little bit more, uh, you know, about the attacking hitters and stuff like that. And then just how to go about your day-to-day business. I would, I was picking O'Day's mind probably the most. Um, and it was, yeah, those are the, the two guys I went to the most. But you could go to any any five of those guys and really – uh, get a great answer. I mean, we had Tomlin there too. Josh Tomlin, he's a tenured guy. He's, you know, him and I don't pitch the exact same. We're not, not really even close to the exact same, but he's got, uh, he's been doing what he's been doing with, uh, you know, for so long that he obviously has an idea of what it takes to, to do well at the big league level. Yeah. Also, uh, you, you work with any like the starters and, any of those guys give you tips? Uh, I more watched them. You know, it's uh, starting uh, is different than relieving in the aspect of how you're going to attack hitters. Um, but I mean, obviously, I'd watch Freed and how he went after hitters, and you know, see what made hitters uncomfortable, and we kind of do the same thing. Um, you know, we talk about mechanics every once in a while, stuff like that, just like what normal pitchers do. But uh, when attacking hitters, I would just kind of watch him, see what he did and then uh, mirror it. You know, didn't really pick his brain too much. Him and I more just hung out and talked and really just had a good time with each other. All right, can I jump in with a question? Go for it. All right. So, you know, most of us aren't going to be able to play baseball professionally as much as we would really love to, but 
you know, how was the whole COVID baseball season like? Like having to take consistent COVID tests and not being able to leave the hotel. Uh, you know, it's it was kind of business as normal, you know, as usual, but it was a little bit different. You know, we everybody thinks that like baseball players get all this free time and all that stuff. During the season, we play 162 games in 180 days. And there's not many off days, free days to go do things. And those off days you do get, you're wanting to relax and, and kind of just sit around and not do much anything anyway. So, you know, it, it affected us, but not to the extent that people really thought, um, you know, when we're, when we're done with a game, we don't go out, party, do this or that. Like people think I go back to the hotel, go to sleep, wake up and go do it the next day, you know, and that's what 90% or more of the guys are doing um, just because the season is such a grind usual, usually. So then telling us we had to do that. I mean, most of us do that anyway. So. Um, as you mentioned earlier, um, you, you really liked uh, Darren O'Day. Um, you could, you were like looking up to him. Um, how, how did it feel? Cause like the Braves, um, declined his contract um is that um a sad thing to you yeah. yeah it's tough to see you know it's tough to see him go or hopefully we can find him back you know i don't know if they just got rid of him for his contract or if they you know what they're thinking uh i think he's an asset to the team you know on and off the field and i, I really hope we can get him back you know i love playing with him and i want to play with him some more because i think he just brings that uh you know mature um mindset to a young bullpen you know we got some mature guys but we also have some young guys and i think he he can really help out the those young guys in the bullpen um but yeah he's just a great clubhouse guy and just a great human being so i really hope he comes back and he's helped me immensely mm -hmm. i actually have one um now that like the wild card series was just it was in atlanta actually for you guys at truest um after that, you moved to the division series. You guys go and you play in a bubble now. What was the normal day in the bubble? How, like the days, you didn't get a day off. You played in the NLDS. You played five games, like, but you swept the Marlins. So there's a different story. You played only three games. What yep. was it like? What was the days like in between in a bubble? Is it just staying at a hotel and chilling until the next game? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, they, they call it a bubble. It wasn't really a bubble. It was like a secure zone is what it more was like. Because the employees could still, you know, go home and see their families and stuff like that. And then they would come back to the hotel. You know, they just wearing a mask. So we tried to keep away from the hotel staff as much as possible. The only weird thing about being in the secure zone was seeing the other team. When you're walking around, you're like, you know, you guys are playing a pretty heated game. Um you know, there's, you're going against somebody in like a quote unquote, like war, right. And you don't like your enemy. And then you got to be hanging out with them at the hotel or seeing them down at the pool or whatever, you know, you're doing. Uh, so that was a little bit weird, but besides that, it was just, you know, normal everyday, uh, baseball life. One more thing, actually. Um, All right, so you came to the NLCS playing the Dodgers, right? You played seven straight games, but more importantly, you guys had fans. How was it? What was it like having fans again? And how much energy did they bring? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, you know, I think the Dodgers traveled really well, so uh, 
you know, they, they just, they traveled well and it was pretty loud in there and they, uh, they were good for the Dodgers. I think, um, you know, it was weird to be playing with fans for the first time, but by the second, third, fourth game, it, it kind of just got to like, oh yeah, this is how baseball is supposed to be played. There's supposed to be energy in the crowd. There's supposed to be, uh, this, you know, other thing that you have to deal with. But, uh, yeah, man, they had good energy the whole time. And the people that were there wanted to be there. They were risking, you know, their health to be there. So obviously they were excited. They were cheering loud and it, it felt like a normal full stadium. It didn't feel like a stadium that was at half or a third capacity or whatever it was at. They were still using pumped up crowd music or stuff, right? Yeah, they were, but it, I mean, it, they were a little bit, but honestly, it, it was more of the fans that were making the noise. There was, I think, 15,000 people in there that were making uh, some pretty pretty good noise. Mm-hmm. All right, so staying on the topic of the playoffs, do you want the expanded playoffs to stay? Uh, I don't mind it, honestly. You know, I think, I mean, I don't know. I really haven't thought that much into it. I think that... If it's good for baseball financially, then I'm fine with it. I got no problem. I think that on the flip side, if you went ahead and won your division or you had the best record or whatever it is, you know, you should be rewarded with something. So um, I understand why they did it this year, and we'll see what they decide on with the uh, collective bargaining agreement coming up. Um, But for me, I, I don't care. Okay. When the rule change, with the rule changes and stuff like that, what do you personally think about the nationally having designated hitters? Uh, I don't mind it. You know, as a reliever, I, I don't mind it. Um, I think we have some very good hitting pitchers, and I think that it's actually an asset to us to let those pitchers hit and be able to face the other team's pitchers. Because I think with that, our pitchers will out-hit their pitchers. Um, that's just me right now. Uh, I think if it's for baseball, you, know, you can maybe expand the roster one more spot or something to allow for a DH to come in uh, or something like that. I, you know, I think that'd be fine, too. You know, it's, I think that the game's moving so much towards hitting home runs and stuff like that. That's what the fans want to see. You know, that's a pitcher is probably not going to do that, but a DH, you can bring in a big name bat to to come in there and provide some offense. So if that's what the the fans want, then that's what we're going to have to give the fans. Um, um, you can go. Um, how I want to ask you this because I see a lot of pitchers struggle against certain hitters. Who was actually the toughest hitter you faced so far in your career? In my whole entire career, so when I was a starter in 2014, I got to face the Dodgers a decent amount, and uh, D. Gordon was on the team, and that guy was probably the toughest guy for me to get out, even though he was a left-on-left. I just could not get him out. He'd sit there and waste pitches, waste pitches, waste pitches, and everything I threw him, it seemed like he was right on, but he couldn't, but he didn't hit it. It was just like foul ball, foul ball, foul ball. So I'm like, okay, well, the guy would spend, I'd waste probably 15 to 20 pitches a game just trying to get him out. And so for him, for that, 
as a starter, that's like the worst thing you can possibly do. So I did not like facing him. You can't walk him. You can't let him get a hit because he's going to turn that single into a double or a triple with how fast he is. So that was the guy I didn't like facing. Him and then the other guy was Hunter Pence. I didn't like facing Hunter Pence because that guy could hit anything. You know, you could throw a ball in the dirt, he could hit a double, you know, and then you could throw one right down the middle and he would swing and miss it at every time. You know, he's, it's one of those guys where he's like a backwards baseball player. Like, you know, you, you throw a great pitch, he gets a, a double, you throw a bad pitch and he strikes out. And it's with that, it's just that it's a coin flip kind of thing. So that was kind of scary, but probably those two guys. All right. Um, another postseason question. Um, I know um, during this postseason in 2020, you were uh, chosen to pitch a lot, um, mostly in like some situations where you like um, a lot of dangerous situations. You had to like get out of them. I know like um, that one especially um, against the Reds in the wild card. I think you came in with the bases loaded, with no outs or one out or something. Like how how did it like feel to come into dangerous situations in the postseason and like get out of it? Yeah, it was. Uh, I came in for O'Day, bases loaded with two outs, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I knew I had Mustakis, and I knew left on left, I got the advantage here, so I'm gonna go in and I'm just gonna attack this guy. And my my mindset is always I'm striking this guy out every single time. That's what I'm trying to do, whether it's the second inning or the last inning. I'm trying to strike a guy out, and uh, that's what I went out there and did. Shut down the inning come out the next inning uh i think i gave up a single and then another single the runner first and third and as i'm getting the ball from the umpire i tell myself this guy is not scoring i don't care he is not scoring and so i went ahead and said all right i'm striking the next three guys out that's what i'm doing wham bam bam struck the next three guys out obviously i was a little fired up after that um you know we were in extra innings and any run that scores is a huge run so, yeah, I was pumped up about that. I'm not going to lie. So, I kind of want to touch up on your career, right? So, I know you played with the Texas Air Hogs, and I know you had the yips. And mm-hmm. your story is kind of like, it's cool because, like, you came back from the yips, and now you're a really good pitcher for the Braves. So, during your time playing with the Texas Air Hogs, what changed for you and, like, what led to your success? Yeah, so – for me, it started my yips started to go away in 2018 when I was with the Air Hogs. The mental side started to get better. I started to relax a little bit on the mound. Started to um, kind of just calm down and realize that baseball is baseball. You know, I was able to for the first time, if I pitched bad, go back to the hotel or the house and go to sleep and you know, kind of just be like, all right, well, we'll get him again tomorrow. You know, before then it was like, if I didn't pitch well, I would just be awake for two or three days, freaking out, dwelling on it and all this stuff. So it kind of put the game back into perspective where it's not that important. And it's just a, it's just the thing we do. Um, so once that thought process got into my head in 2018, I slowly improved throughout the year. Uh, 2019, I went to the Diamondbacks for spring training they told me, hey, we got a two-year plan for you. I was there for about three months before they released me. I uh, went to the Air Hogs. but went back to the Air Hogs. And uh, the physical stuff just cleaned up a little bit. And I was throwing a ton of strikes. 
and my velo went back up once I got the, the mental stuff out of the way. My body was free and easy, and I could throw the ball with, with ease. And uh, once I did that, it was kind of just, you know, easy. Big baseball became fun and easy again, and it was me competing against the hitter instead of me competing against myself and the hitter. I have actually have another one. Um, what stadium with fans – like, obviously, you didn't have fans all season pretty much until the NLCS. Um, what stadium do you think is harder to pitch in with all the energy and more, like, stressful at times? What stadiums think is more energetic and is makes you more, like, stressed and makes you feel more like you have to make a pitch? Yeah, so I'm going to go, go back to when I was starting. Because, again, this year is weird. It's, it's a little different because we didn't have fans. Um, but... Back in 2014, I would have to say uh, the Giants. When we were up in San Francisco, you know, their fans are locked into the game the whole entire time, uh, and they're loud. They know when to cheer. They know when not to cheer. They're just engaged in the game. Um, And so some of those games there were extremely loud. So loud you can't really, like, even talk to the catcher, you know, if he's standing two feet in front of you. Uh, so that that was a, a, probably the loudest stadium that I was in. What's one piece of advice that you would give to a young aspiring player? Uh, one, I would say never give up. And for me, that's what you know. For me, that's what it took for me to get back to where I am. Um, I was close to giving up. My wife told me, you know, I think you got more to offer the game, and so I said, all right, I'm going to do whatever it takes for me to get back in into Major League Baseball. And as long as you're still fighting, you're still, still fighting, you haven't lost yet. So I just kept going, kept going, kept going. And uh, eventually things turned around and, and worked out for me. Braves, you got anything else? Um, I need to think about another question real quick. Uh, someone else want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Um so again, going back to the thing that most of us won't be able to play in the MLB, um, what what's the playoff experience like? And it's it's baseball at its finest, honestly. Uh, that's what everybody is playing for. You know, we play we play a lot of games during the regular season, but the only ones that count are those last. What are they? You know, twenty games at the end of the year. Those everyone is so focused, so locked in physically ready, mentally ready, everything is in preparation for that time. And that's when you start to see guys really focus and start doing, you know, things that you can't see other people on the planet do. You know, you look at hitters and you're like, dude, how are you hitting that? And you realize, man, they're just good. They're focused. They're good. Pitchers are doing the same thing. And it makes for guys to, you know, make a name for themselves and go out there and do what they uh, do what they can do. You know, a guy like AJ Minter with us in our bullpen this year, he hadn't started in probably 10 years. I don't know when he said the last time it was when he was in college, he goes out there and faces 10 hitters and strikes out seven of them to start a game. He hadn't started in forever, you know, and you just, you look at that and you're like, dude, that's, that's the moment that needed to happen for him. Uh, for him to kind of just realize that he's a great pitcher and he was so focused in that, that moment. and so 
ready for it physically and mentally that it allowed him to go out there and show what he was able to do. Um, I may be asking this question like a little bit too early, but um, what's the thing you're most looking forward to about the 2021 season? Hopefully we get to play in front of some fans. That'd be pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully not having to spit into those drugs, to those spit tests every single day. I mean, that was a, a pain in the butt, but I mean, I understood why we were doing it and uh, it was, uh, it was needed for our safety and our health. So I'm fine with having that we you know had to do it, but hopefully the world can get back to normal. Um, baseball can get back to normal and we can uh, just go about playing the game that we love playing. Um, I don't think the Braves had any positive tests this year, if I'm not aware of. But Freeman, just early, uh, early on before summer camp, some guys came in, but I think that was the only positive test throughout the whole year for us. Yeah, I think yeah, Freeman got a positive test. It was like before the season, but I, I don't. There was not much like during the season. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, how hard? do you think this would be like, say, let's just think if you guys had that, like, like the Marlins, if you look at the Marlins, just looking at how difficult it was for them and how they recovered from it. Like, how would you think about it? How do you think you guys would have handled it and how easy it would have been for your guys is like all these stars on your got players that, you know, going to lose time practicing and playing. Yeah. I think the, the hardest thing would have been, you know, physically having to sit in a hotel room for, I think it was seven days I had to sit in there. Um, you know, when you don't do anything for seven days, your body starts to kind of just melt away. And, uh, you know, we work out two, three times a week or more. And not being able to do that, not being able to throw for a week will set you back a lot. Um, so I think the physical side would have been really, really tough. Uh, mentally, just sitting in a hotel room for seven days, it's like a you know, Martha Stewart prison. Uh, that's not what you want to be doing in the middle of a season. So I think what those guys were capable or able to do, uh, you know, speaks volume to the character of those guys. Um, you know, I, I don't know how they got sick, but, uh, you know, the fact that they were able to go out there and do what they were, you know, come in second in our division – against some pretty good competition is, is pretty impressive seeing how, uh, how their year started out. Yeah. Especially with one of us having COVID early on, we would like to thank all the first line responders and everyone that works at a hospital for everything that they do and everything that they have done during this pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, those, those people are putting their, their health and safety, their family's health and safety on the line. And, um, you know, they're doing it for the public good. And, uh, you know, that's, that's their job. And, and uh, I appreciate them doing that. You know, it's, somebody's got to do it, and they're willing to go ahead and risk that. And I personally appreciate it, as I hope uh, all you guys do, too, as well. I actually have another one. Yeah. Um, this year was definitely not the same, obviously. You know, you, we had this whole pandemic, no fans, and everything's not saying you're wearing masks in the dugout. Um, let's look at being, like, arriving to the ballpark for, for game day. 
what is it like in that clubhouse? Like, what is going on in the clubhouse before a game during the pandemic? Honestly, when you're at the field, it was kind of business as, as usual. Um, you know, we're spaced out a little bit more where we have locker rooms in, like, separate rooms and stuff like that that are not the actual locker room. Sometimes they were across the hall in, like, a, a meeting space. Um, you had to walk, you know, 100 feet, 200 feet to the shower. It was a little weird. You're walking through people's office desks and stuff to get to the shower. But, you know, there's some weird things like that. But besides that, man, it was business as normal, business as, business as usual. Once you got out on the field, it was, you know, all the same. Um, you know, it, it, there were some protocols that we had to do within the training room, like a limited number of people going to be in the training room, a uh, limited number of guys. Like I said, in the showers, limited number of guys, um, working out, stuff like that. But uh, you know, once you got on the field, it was it was normal baseball. They did a, I think, base, Major League Baseball did a great job of of keeping the stuff between the lines uh, as normal as it possibly could be. So I have one more question: What was your favorite team growing up? Uh, it was definitely not the Dodgers. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I was a big Angels fan, but I did go to a, a lot of Dodger games growing up. Yeah. I had a, I had a, uh, a, a youth coach who's a travel ball team coach who was a huge Dodger fan and he worked in the uh, school system. So he had summers off. So once or twice a week, he would load up his, uh, he was actually a high school basketball coach. He'd load up his high school basketball coach van with a bunch of us youth players and he would just take us all to a game we go sit in the stands it was like five bucks for a, a ticket back then because the Dodgers were not very good and we'd sit out in the bleacher seats catch balls in batting practice and then watch the game and then head on home so we did like I said we did that once maybe twice a week uh, for a couple years just being able to go watch major league players all summer all right thank you Tyler that's yep. all I wanted to hear that it was the Dodgers <laughs> all right um i guess i'll add on another question um so when uh, you were drafted in 2014 by the rockies um I was, uh, 2009 i was drafted by the rockies oh um, my bad okay um no i i meant to say like um you made your debut in 2014 but you were drafted by the rockies in 2009 um when you were drafted like how, how did that feel like to you and uh your family Oh yeah, it was a life-changing moment. You know, I I was expecting to be drafted, uh, you know, sometime early in the draft. Uh, I was expected to, you know, go to college, but you know, it was if the money was good, we'll see, kind of thing. I was still on the fence. Uh, once I got picked up that early, you know, I realized that okay, this is life-changing money. This is a life-changing opportunity. I physically feel ready for this. Mentally, I feel ready for this. And, um, yeah, it was a life-changing, life-changing thing for me and my family. You know, there's not much to it. There's only a handful of names that are called on that day. And, uh, I was just fortunate to be one of those guys. And then I, I also think you uh, made your major league debut against the Braves. If, um, if I'm not wrong, but yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah, actually, uh, you know, I was, when I first got with the team this year, I, uh, I don't know. You, you kind of just want to like see how everybody is. So I didn't know Freddie that well. And, 
once I got comfortable around him a, a little bit, I came up to him and said, Hey, Freddie, just so you know, you were actually my first strikeout in the major leagues. And he just started laughing his ass off. And he was just like, seriously? And I'm like, yeah, it was back in 2014. You were the first strikeout. And he's like, how big, how the, uh, how did it happen? And I was like, I don't know. I think it was like a three, two count through a slider. It was like borderline pitch. And he's like, did I yell at the umpire? And I said, I think you said something. And he's like, yeah, freaking rookie striking me out on a borderline pitch. That's not how it should be happening. Something like that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, re- I mean, that was, uh, it's a memorable day for me, and uh, to be with the Braves now is is pretty cool. Does anyone else have any more questions? No, I think uh, really appreciate Tyler you coming on. It means a lot. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah, we uh, we all enjoyed interviewing you. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and I um hope to see you do amazing more things on the Braves in the next couple of years. So yeah, like Sore said, thank you for coming on and talking to us cool yeah i appreciate it guys yeah. let me know if you guys ever want to do it again and i'm more than happy all right we'll enjoy the off season right. Tyler. thanks guys Stay safe, man. thanks tyler yeah, have a great right. rest of your day yep you too right. see ya bye